Hey everyone and welcome to the next episode of the Shane Walsh podcast. So today's episode is a very, very special and a really, really important episode of the podcast. It's one of those that I've been wanting to do for a while but haven't found the right words or found the right methods to press record and actually find the right structure for an episode. Sometimes I just press record and it goes on to random rambles. Sometimes it goes into, I need to do an awful lot of prep for a particular episode, like the perimenopause, menopause, pill episodes, menstrual cycle episodes. But sometimes the mindset side of things, it can be trying to get the words out of my head onto a page that actually makes sense and into a podcast. So this is, I did an email so if you're not on the email list, I'll put the link into the show notes. If you're not on my email list, that goes, I only send an email maybe two or three times a week. I don't do it every day, so you're not getting bombarded with it. But this was an, 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 an email that was inspired by one of my clients, my one-to-one clients. And I'm going to change her name for the, the, the post, the reason for this. So we'll call her Lisa. And I know she listens to the podcast religiously, so she'll know who she is. And it was actually a conversation that we had had during the week and we're working on dropping food rules. And like there's a couple of clients right now who are working really, really hard and doing amazing work with dropping food rolls. And one of the things that we're working on at the minute for her in particularly around dropping food rolls, we, we need to make sure that that we're allowing ourselves to have that food each day. So for Lisa in particular, it was in relation to crackers and cheese. Rather than having low-fat cheese, which, look, if you're a cheese buff, low-fat cheese isn't amazing. So one of the things that we looked at was how was allowing them to have and encouraging them to have they're always allowed to encourage them to have crackers and cheese and olives every day and being present and saying well when is enough how are checking in on themselves so if you listen to the last episode on 358 i talk about a little bit of food rules and how to kind of drop that and how to challenge those and there is another episode on food reels. If you type in Shane Walsh Fitness Podcast into iTunes or Spotify and food reels, you'll get another episode there. But one of the things I want to talk to you about right now is how to build a proper, proper relationship with food. So the chances are that if you've you've been you've been sucked in and into this title of the episode, and the chances are you may not feel comfortable around food. Now I'm not gonna sit here and that I am some sort of guru or mindset person or whatever it may be but they're having worked with well over a thousand clients at this stage and helping them improve in the relationship with food helping them to improve the relationship with themselves and get transformations mindset transformations i'll put it this way a client when a client comes to me and they're looking to improve their relationship with food they're looking most people come to me looking to get leaner get stronger get weight loss but the transformations for me are, that are kind of the mo- most rewarding for me are the ones that when clients are able to say that they've got their life back, that they've dropped food guilt. They're more they're more important to me. I'm not saying that the ones that offer me transformation photos and do transformations and do podcast episodes aren't the ones that are important. I'm saying the ones that make me fulfilled as a coach, as a nutritionist, as a person are the ones that are able to take back control of their lives. So if you're listening to this, the chances are you're not very comfortable around food. Perhaps that you worry about too much what to eat. Perhaps you're more vigilant about what you're doing or that you're making sure that certain foods don't pass your lips. That could be carbs, that could be cakes, that could be pastries. Or you maybe you feel guilty or ashamed for certain foods or eating certain ways. 
And all of these are really, really big signs of that you have a poor relationship with food. And unfortunately, another fad diet or another meal plan or another extreme fad diet or weight loss plan is not going to fix any of this. So we need to look at why do people have poor relationships with food. People who have a poor relationship with food usually have dieted as a way to control their weight because the diet and weight loss industry tells that us that creating a deficit is the best way to do this. Yes, I'm not diminishing that creating a, a, a calorie deficit is the best way to get a deficit. But what the weight loss industry has taught for us for many, many years is that you have to take foods out, add foods in, take this out, detox, cleanse, dirty, clean, all these all these buzzwords. But so many people never address the reasons behind their weight gain. Yes, there are people who have mental health issues, anxiety, ADHD, where it can be a lot harder. But I'm talking for to the other people. And it's looking at the the levels of kind of habits, the, the beliefs, the mindsets, the identities, the fears. And too many people will focus on exercise. I remember I had a, I had a welcome call recently with one of my new one-to-one clients and I was talking to them about certain foods. They mentioned a certain food. They're like, I can't have cake. I love cake. Why can't I have cake? I'm like, well, I have ice cream every day. They're like, well, you only have that because you burn a certain amount of calories a day. I was like, I don't know what calories I burn every day. You don't know what I do on a daily basis. I could sit here all day and do nothing. And I just saw this penny drop in their eyes of like, okay, that makes more sense. We think because someone looks a certain way that they have their shit together. We we look at someone and say, right, they definitely don't have these foods. And that's what we strive for. And we associate that they don't have cakes, that they don't have the likes of burgers, they don't have the likes of pizzas, they don't have the likes of takeaways. But you don't know what someone's doing. So it's important to like that you're projecting your own judgments of yourself onto that individual rather than checking in on yourself saying right if i actually improve my relationship with food things could be a lot calmer and the reason why fad dieters in particular and yo-yo dieters feel a lot more anxious around food is because they they have been told that food is one of the biggest influences on their weight and therefore learning to control what they eat is the secret to weight loss the thing that's common across all these fad diets they involve rules or restrictions and they usually involve labels as good or bad However, these labels put on foods aren't even consistent. Different diets demonize certain foods. For example, some fat diets claim that carbs are bad and fat is good, while others say fat is bad and carbs are good. So no wonder when everyone's confused. But some promote clean eating. I don't even know what that means. Like, is that because the, the food is actually washed? Or even detoxes. Well, your liver is your only thing that can detox. You can't detox anything. Your liver is your natural detoxer in your body. That's what its job is. As the best way to lose weight. While others say that following a set meal plan that includes all food groups is the best approach. So no wonder everyone's confused. But all at the end of the day, what's happening is all fad diets are doing is causing a lot of confusion about food. You're looking at social media. One of the big things that I always say to clients at the beginning is do a social media audit to get rid of the bullshit. If that person's not adding to your life, get them off your screen because you're triggering yourself. You own a social responsibility to yourself to get rid of these certain things. And these fear-mongering tactics, they create fear, they create guilt around food and eating. 
these fad diets cause you to develop a poor relationship with food. And the longer you have fad dieted or yo-yo dieted, the poorer the relationship with food is likely to be. Some of the signs of a poor relationship with food could be you feel guilty around certain foods. You avoid or restrict foods that are bad for you, in inverted commas. You cut out entire food groups like carbs, fats, sugar, fruit, whatever it may be. You have rules around food that you can or cannot eat. You only eat some foods at certain times of the day. You focus on eating clean, whatever that means. You always skip desserts or take out the soul foods. You choose foods based on how many macros that they will they add into your macros. You ignore your body's natural hunger cues. If you feel stressed in a situation, you, you feel you can't control your food because you don't feel safe. You try to fit your life around your diet rather than do it the other way. You choose the healthiest option in commas on the menu when you go out rather than actually asking yourself, what do you want to have? You avoid eating outside of your home because where possible because you don't feel you can control. You feel anxious about current situations when you're going to people's houses or restaurants. You stress out when something's not on a plan, in inverted commas. You trade food for exercise. You have cheat days, whatever that is. I'm not, like, it's not a partner, you don't cheat on it. You prefer to eat in private, so that's where that shame cycle can be heightened. You deny yourself what you really want to eat. You're always on a diet or inverted commas falling off the wagon. You ate the same thing over and over again with very, very little variety. You avoid trying new foods. You buy sugar-free, low-carb, low-fat, whatever it may be. You find it hard to control yourself around foods. So you avoid having them in the household together. You avoid alcohol because you worry that it will lead to weight gain and your decisions afterwards and lose control. You have episodes of emotional eating or even binge eating. So binge eating means you've lost control, which means you've no control of what you're doing. It's an outer body experience. And emotional eating is you can stop if you want to, but choose not to because it's fulfilling a purpose for you. And you often feel guilty or ashamed in the eating. And that's the one I see an awful lot of people. It's unfortunately, it's it's rife at the minute. Guilt means I've done something wrong. Shame is I am a bad person for having done what I've done. So when we restrict the food, what happens is we put this up onto a pedestal. And then by restricting the food, one tactic that a lot of people will use is I'm going to be good today. So I'm going to have nothing for breakfast. I'm going to have a salad for lunch. And then around three or four o'clock, they hit the wall with no energy. And because they've tried to bank all their calories for the day and for the evening, they end up overeating and eating more calories than they intended to at the beginning of the day. That's a repetitive pattern that I see a lot with clients. It's kind of like when you get money, our, our goal with money sometimes isn't to live off as little as possible with money. That's not how we work it. We we ideally want to be safe with money. We want to have enough money to get through things, through the month, to pay our bills, to feed our families, to, to pay our mortgages, to pay our house, whatever it may be. But too many people do the opposite. They try to live off the scraps and then they end up overeating. But one a few things that we can do to build that better relationship with food is you, number one is you need to address your habits someone who has a better relationship with food understands that it's never that that weight loss is never about the food and i think you need to probably listen to that sentence again which is someone who has a better relationship with food understands that it's never it's never that weight loss is never really about the food it's about why they eat what they eat which comes down to your habits, 
your beliefs, your identities, fears and mindset. So if you want to build a better relationship with feed, food, you need to stop seeing it as the solution to your weight problem and start focusing on your actual habits. And that's the work that I do on a day-to-day basis with one-to-one clients. A lot of people don't have weight problems. They have belief problems, identity problems, food problems, habit problems. They have personal problems, habits, mindset, beliefs, fears around food. And they reflect, they reflect through their lives. They're not clear on their values. So when you actually address your personal problems, your relationship with food, it all takes care of itself. Like I'm not going to sit here and say it's going to be easy. There's not going to be times where you trip and fall. And people are afraid of that. But I'll use an example here. I'm big into Michael Jordan at the minute because I went to see the movie Air last week. And it's an epic movie. But one of the things that I heard about Michael Jordan was, I think he won, don't quote me on this, five or six championships. But he played for 14, 15 years. So he actually lost more than he won. But yet he's said to be one, said to be the greatest basketball player of all time. Think about it that way. Think about it that way. Most people are afraid to fall or fail. But technically, if you look at the statistics, Michael Jordan lost more championships than he won. But yet he's seen to be successful. Just something to think about. Another thing that you need to do is change your actual food philosophy. People with a poor relationship with food tend to label food. It's either good or bad. I'm either on plan or off plan. Sins, certain other buzzwords that are out there. Something that should be eaten or shouldn't be eaten. However, labeling food, this is, is a concept born of out of fear, out of diet culture, out of money marketing gimmick from fad diets. But you have to realize that food has no moral compass. There is no inherent goodness or badness with foods within a food's chemical structure. Food is just food. Food is always going to be there. So we need to adjust our mindset around things, our belief system, our identities. You need to look at it from this. The benefits of food depend on the actual purpose it serves. So what I mean by this, if we take an example of when we get asked what is what is the better option, fruit salad or a burger with fries, people with that diet mindset would choose the fruit salad because it was low in calories and fat and was unprocessed and fit better into a diet-based eating plan. But let me ask you this question. What if you were actually on a, on a on a trip down the country with your family and you were looking to get fuller, satisfied, and you wouldn't be hungry in an hour? Of course, the burger and fries would and, and would help. It has carbohydrates, it has fiber in the bun, it has fiber in the vegetables that are going into it, it has protein in the burger, and that would help you to provide you energy and keep you fuller for longer. But if you're going to the beach on a really, really hot day, the fruit salad might help you a little bit better because it's cooling, it's refreshing, it contains water to hydrate you. So there's different situations that will help you. You need to understand that food is always going to be there. Food is there for enjoyment. Food is the one constant in our life that has always been there. People will come and go, but food will always be there. Food shouldn't be just seen as nutritional value. Just because something is higher in protein, just because something is lower in fat or whatever it may be, just because it tastes good, smells good, makes us feel good, brings people together, it's an important step in developing a good relationship with food. Checking in on yourself and asking, what do you want to have? 
check in on yourself as what what need am I not meeting at the minute? These uncomfortable questions. What values do I have at the minute? So say if you're out for a meal and you being supportive and being supported and being valued and liked and being socially accepted are really, really important things for you. You may struggle in with meals out, but some of the work that I've done with one of the one-to-one clients at the minute is they have, they go out for a good few meals in a week. And it was an important structure for her because she wanted to, how allowed to understand how to get results while having those meals out as it was important for her to have the value that she enjoyed she enjoyed having friends she enjoyed having that social circle so i was like okay we'll we'll work around it but it wasn't she's had other coaches saying you can't do that and, and no wonder her mindset went haywire but i understood that from the belief system that she's created around values and food that it was a mass important factor for her that it was a social experience for her she wanted to be enjoyed and not be feared well and not be judged on having things so we needed to incorporate that in our life and, and keep having it that way one thing that you need to do is you need to ditch that fad diets and fad diets come in many disguises they can be harder to pick out they can be easier to pick out they can be dressed up as wellness programs or fad diets or a detox program or a meal plan they can be wrapped up in different things but if the if the eating plan that you are going for right now involves any sort of food restriction rules around food restricting or limiting food groups replacing solid food with supplements labels foods is a meal replacement shake then you're following a very very restrictive diet and we know from experience that people who follow very very restrictive diets have a poor relationship with food and we know that ends up costing more on their mental capacity than their wallet it also impacts on the wallet but it impacts on the mental capacity of that person you need to include a wide variety of food the secret to building a decent relationship with food is including a wide range of food nourishing your body nourishing your soul you wouldn't allow your kids to do some of the bullshit that you've done that's me being blunt Cutting out food groups, it could be diminishing nutrients and other things that are in your body. It could ha- Food can help to, uh, to kind of work, get deficiencies managed rather than going for these supplements or these detoxes. Allowing yourself to have your soul foods, the foods that add to your soul, like chocolate, ice cream, carbs, all these things. But it also reduce the likelihood of emotional eating because you're allowing yourself to have it. So one of the things I'm going to talk to you now is an example of that client, Lisa. So I was talking to Lisa this morning at the time of recording this episode. And one of the things that we're working on at the minute is dropping food rules. Okay. And with Lisa, one of the food rules that we're working on at the minute, I got Lisa to list out five food rules in order. Easiest at the top hardest number five so one two three four five and number one was in the method of cheese and crackers that was one of the things that she wanted to be able to have so one of the things that was scaring her was fear because it was fear of losing control but i'll always say to clients is you're not in control right now the food's directing you 
so sometimes that fear can take out that enthusiasm and that was one of the things that Lisa had said to me but Lisa sent me a message and this is the power of being present and being not distracted by our phones or technology or our kids or whatever it may be so one of the things is and what this is verbatim what she says to me I took my first bite of my cracker and my first olive the sensation was immense the flavor was flavor was so vivid rich salty and powerful the first cracker was gone in a couple of bites checked in with my brain it replied can confirm it's good to eat more second cracker checked in didn't taste as good it tasted more bland than the first same with the olives by the time I was on the third I was kind of meh about it I'd enjoyed it but didn't want any more but I guarantee most of us haven't done that we haven't been present Lisa checked in on herself and said, right, I'm going to have one, see how I feel. Really enjoyed it. It was vivid description. Like, she'll be, like, writing articles on, on food. But checked in on herself, said, right, I really, really enjoyed that one. Let's have a second one to see how I feel after that. But it didn't taste as good. That kind of, like, dopamine hit or that kind of sensation around that food dissipated. And that kind of, like, reward hormone or the, the, the enjoyment of that food had dissipated after the second one and didn't need any more. Could have had could have had more, possibly. But checked in on ourselves, right? Well what's the what's the third one going to do for me that the second one hasn't? How many of you actually have paused in between eating? What's that second bar gonna do? What's the third bar gonna do for me that the second one hasn't? What's that third ice cream gonna do for the second one? It generally that kind of like balance of the benefit of that food dissipates after around the second or third one generally for people generally like most people haven't even tasted chocolate you can do it with chocolate one of the tricks that i would always say to clients is have you actually tasted chocolate they'll be like yeah I've, I've, no no i've like have, you've had chocolate we haven't tasted it put a square of chocolate onto your tongue let it melt rather than bite it let it melt be present no tv no phone no nothing Just put it onto your tongue and let it melt check in yourself well how do you feel right now it's, it was quite rich it was quite milky it was quite, I'm quite full afterwards do you want another one yeah I'll, I'll have another one I don't think I need it but I'll have another one so they put do the same exact same thing and they're like I actually don't need a second one but too many of us when we are eating we're being distracted we're using food as a coping mechanism to reward ourselves we're using it as a way to rewind or reward ourselves for getting through a tough week or two a tough day that's a sign that you need to create more a better reward system or have more reward systems that are aligned with your values. Food is always going to be there, but food cannot be the only reward system or drink cannot be the only reward system that you have in your in your life. It's not serving you. You may think it's serving you right now, but it's not serving you. If you're someone who says that I want to get in the best shape, I want to improve my relationship with food, how is that side of things serving you? It might be that it's a social interaction thing. It's a value that it brings your family and things together. That's different. But if you actually pause and check in yourself and put that square of chocolate onto your tongue, pause. I guarantee it will probably reduce after two or three. You need to listen to your body. Fad dieters, yo-yo dieters deprive themselves and they don't trust themselves. They don't believe themselves. They don't eat enough food during the day and that leads to emotional eating in the evenings. So in order to build a decent relationship with food, you need to listen to your body. You need to learn how to trust yourself. You need to learn what hunger is. You need to learn when you're satisfied. 
that means if you're actually still hungry. So hunger to me is different to what hunger is to Lisa. What's, Lisa will be different to Mary. Mary to Susan. Hunger to me is kind of cranky or hangry, dizzy, nauseous, kind of like really, really hungry. Um, but that's that's the extreme version of hunger. Fullness to me is Christmas dinner. That feeling of bleh afterwards. But we have to look at it from a point of view of that's this that's the scale of it. Most of us are say one is starving, ten is is Christmas dinner full. Somewhere in the middle is generally where most people are. So if you were to go up onto Google right now and check in and type in the hunger scale, you'll be able to get a better picture of it. But I think it's really, really important that you want to improve your relationship with food. You have to start stop food, stop going for fad diets. You have to stop restriction. You have to stop doing it. Now, the, the, the rebel voice in your head is saying, no, I'm going to believe. But that's emotional attachment. If you wouldn't allow your kids to do it, why are you continuing to do it? And I'm not trying to shame you into your choices. But you have to ask and use the kind of the, take a step back and use perspective and say to yourself, right, is this method really serving me right now? Would I be better off investing in myself to get this, my relationship with food in a better place once and for all? Look how much money I've pissed away over the last few years, last 15, 20 years on all these stupid clubs and diets and all these kind of things or gimmicks that you've gone for. But it's never really addressed the issue, the habits, the beliefs, the identities. The reward system they have in place it's never really addressed any of that but what about being aware of what you're trying to do awareness is the key to most things when it comes to this so if you're looking to do that pop me a dm if you're looking to do that click in the link in the show notes and we can book in a free call really looking forward to hearing the response to this episode because i do think it's a, it's, a, it's an exciting episode it's a powerful episode so how to build a relationship with food thing is really really important listen to your body Eat a wide range of foods, with soul foods included. Ditch the fad diets. Become aware. Change your food philosophy and address your habits. So I hope that you've enjoyed this episode.